Hi, welcome to the Two Lads podcast from Daniel Sharman and Leggy Langdon's Two Lads. The Two Lads podcast is a place to come and listen to topics that you may not have heard men talk about so candidly and intimately before. It's no bullshit, it's straight to the point, it's raw and it's honest. And it's a conversation that we believe needs to be started. We're both men in this world trying to find our way, trying to understand why we are the way we are and how we can accept ourselves and love ourselves fully. In a world of ongoing turmoil and constant change, take a break for 30 minutes and just come listen to the two lads in a deeply vulnerable conversation that is ongoing. This shit's so deep. Yeah. It's so fucking deep that even, like, I couldn't even come to you. Yeah. I couldn't even come to our other friends in our team. Yeah. Because it's so deep. When you do fuck up, yeah. what do you do? Well, then you acknowledge it. You acknowledge that you fucked up, but you also at that point have to be kind to yourself because you're already in shame. I think shame is a much deeper, much more pernicious emotion that actually runs a lot of what we do. There's something going on in me that I feel shit about and it's like there's a conflict in me around like fuck I feel this way now and I don't I actually don't want to feel this way so now what what do I do with that man hi I'm Christian Leggy Langdon hi everybody my name is Daniel Sharman and this is the two lads podcast Today's episode is part one of two on a heavy subject, shame. What is shame? How do we experience it? What is its purpose? Daniel and I discuss our own personal relationships to shame. We touch on recognizing when we are in shame and how being in shame is a sign of being out of alignment with our own terms. We also talk about some of the strange things we do in order to hide from being judged, the need to be kind to ourselves when we do make mistakes, and how that's not encouraged in today's society. Leggy, that's me, discusses a very personal incident regarding shame from a recent relationship, and how even now it's difficult to reach out for help sometimes. Daniel discusses the difference between front-loaded and back-loaded shame, and why one is helpful and one pushes us into the shadows. All that and more in this episode from the Two Lads podcast. Stay tuned for our most personal and revealing episode yet. Let's get into it. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Okay, so shame is a tricky one as it's close to my heart Mm -hmm. and most people's people's hearts. Shame's a weird one because a lot of the time you don't even know that you're in shame until you reflect on what you've just done. Or shame makes you do things unconsciously. And it doesn't feel like you're in shame, for me at least. I'm not like, oh, I'm in shame, so I'm going to do something. Mm. I'm like, all of a sudden start doing stuff that I don't want people to know about. So I go into the shadows with it. It's a sneaky little bugger because it, it's like the guy on your shoulder, like the good and the bad. And this, the devil on my shoulders going, go on, do it, pick the phone up. You know you want to, yeah. Leggy. Yeah. And like, it tends to come from a series of events that 
has happened prior to that, but also it comes in all different shapes and sizes. It's a really, I think, because we think of shame as just the most obvious version of shame, or certainly I do. When people say shame, it's like when you've done something bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it's a fleeting moment. You feel it. If you, you know, if you play sport, you missed a penalty or whatever, you feel shame. Yeah. You feel ashamed. Ashamed, yeah. And we think of that as just, that is it in one that's the emotion of shame. But I think shame is a, a much deeper, yeah. much more pernicious emotion that actually runs a lot of what we do. Yeah. And I'm realizing how much of my life has been in shame. Yeah. And I'm starting to notice, like you say, that the telltale signs of shame are even not wanting to reveal to somebody else what you've done or starting to come away from people communication if you aren't anything that feels like it's in the shadows in any way or feels like you're retreating in any way usually shame can pretty much you can pretty much pick that as the main forerunner of your emotions at that point yeah yeah i mean i feel shame after i've had sex yeah it just like kicks in yeah is it because we've talked about this before but it's actually the moment of coming yeah. that you feel shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't come, you don't feel the shame. Yeah. There's something about the shame of giving your whole self to something. There's a shame in that. I don't know what that is, but it's probably deeply rooted in some kind of giving everything. And I feel a deep amount of shame. I'm very shameful in that space. For years, I wouldn't actually come yeah. because it released this set of shame. Do we ever talk about that in the sex podcast? No. no. We didn't. No. Okay. But shame... That, like you say, comes up really big. Oh, yeah. that. If I'm watching porn, which I don't do a lot, but sometimes I do, and then it's just so bad. Yeah. My mate has always jokes about this way. He's got the laptop yeah, and he's he's jerking <laughs> off and he's holding the laptop screen and literally he comes and he'll be like, come, 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 come. And he goes and yeah. slams the laptop That never down. happened. That never happened. What I love about this, I really feel like that, that right, is because there are now so many pop-up ads in porn, Yeah, is that what happens is you slam the laptop down, right? And you're like, fuck it, I'm, I'm never doing that again. And then you open it up and there's like, bah, 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 like <laughs> yeah, there's all these other windows. You've got to close that down. You get more elements of shame. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, how what many are these midgets doing fucking- here? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like looking back on your spiral of shame oh, and being man. like, yeah. oh God, what was I opening? Oh uh, God, no. shut, 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 shut down. Yeah. And then there's another rat, like right at the bottom, just like, big asses. Yeah. Into it. Click me. Click me. <laughs> Come on, you know and you then, want to, you bastard. And then like, you know, and then a day later, you just, it, it, you forget. Yeah. I also like clear all my history. Yeah. Like, just immediately. Just, I, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my history set to automatically clear every 24 hours. And then Fucking even when mad. I'm looking at porn, I go in and I delete just the porn. Yeah. I go in and select it and get rid of it. And it, even though I'm like, you know, there's nobody, nobody, there's nobody cares. cares. It's just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even want to see it. I mean, look, I, I actually am not a proponent of porn, actually. Do you mean you're not a supporter of it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm not like, there should be no porn, but it's gotten, like everything, it's just gone way overboard at hand. Like, I remember when we were kids, there'd be a porn mag that basically did the rounds of all the lads in the school. Yeah, kids. (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I remember looking at like a French hardcore porno mag for the first time. Porno. I've yeah, that word. Porno. And like me and my mate would be sitting in his bedroom. Hang on, like, is this going to get weird? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, cool. That's what I like to do. No, he'd be playing like the PC, like Doom or something on PC. Right, right. And I'd be in the corner looking at the... <laughs> So, and then I'd be jerking off in the corner with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'd switch. Oh, interesting. You know, I'd have my back in the corner. Is this because you were a boarding school or? No, I wasn't boarding school, mate. Oh, right. No, I was at like scrubber school. This is just, this is just like. <laughs> he was my mate. Oh, right. He had access to the, the magazine. It, and he just you found didn't. it. It was like, right, right, he, right, somebody, right. he got it through his mate at school and he brought it home. We were in, at the same school, we were at different schools. Yeah. And so we'd hang out after school and like, that was one of the things we did. We also did experiment sexually yeah. a little bit. But anyway, I remember it being such an overwhelming experience to even see a vagina, Yeah, you know, but... I don't really remember the first time I started to consciously feel shame. shame. Yeah. I felt shame the first time. Really? Yeah. Like first time you jerked off? Yeah. yeah. It was like, I remember thinking, you know, we've talked about this on the sex podcast, but like, I remember thinking, oh God, that's, you're not meant to feel that. Like it's too much. I can't contain that feeling. And so immediately it was in the shadows. For really? Me. Yeah. Cause it, I think it comes at a time in your life where you are not aware of how much how powerful a feeling like that can be yeah. and then how much of your body can be taken over. But wait, does that mean that there was some sort of historical association? I don't think so. I mean, and then I then went to boarding school and that's where, you know, lads are jerking off all the time. Right. I, I didn't have as much of that later on, but it's more for me, the shame actually comes when there's, a woman there because I think there's something inherently shameful about saying that's the best I can do. <laughs> what do you mean the best you can do? Well, you've gotten to the point where you can't do it anymore. Okay, so you're so at the end. You're at the this end. is the end of the yeah. line for and you. So whatever the feeling is yeah, for them, yeah. they're like, oh, that was that was it. Right. You know? I never thought of it like that. 34 seconds. <laughs> Getting quicker. <laughs> it's not a race. BB. But I think that the shame was deeply around sex is, for me, a lot of shame comes around not fulfilling other people's perceived expectations. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then is it other people's expectations or is it then like the judgment of yourself? Like yeah. the whole loving yourself thing, all that stuff, right? I've been reading a lot of Nietzsche and he's all about, you know, no shame, no guilt. Yeah. There's no right, there's, there's no, no wrong. wrong. Right. You decide it all. Which is nihilism really, isn't it? Well, yes, but he thinks nihil... No, because he's also against nihilism. Right. He's, he's like, you are your own spirituality, almost. Right. Like, he's an atheist, you know, God is dead and all that. Right. And so you better become God. Essentially, you're your own God. So then, morals, then morals and things are, are your own making. Yeah, you, and therefore... Your own judgment of yourself is your own. Yeah, you but decide. do you think that we inherit? I mean, we inherently feel shame, whether we know right and wrong. Well, I think that it's a part, but it's associated to your own programming. Right, you know what I'm saying. And so it's like your core kind of conditioning. Yeah, 
and then where you're at in your own redefinition of your own rules. Right. Because like you can basically go, this is how I live my life. These are my, these are my values. These are my beliefs and I'm sticking by them and they're against everybody else's in the world. Right. And that could be a problem for you if you cross into like law breaking and that kind of stuff. But basics of I'm not going to cheat on my girlfriend is a value, right? And what does that mean? You still have to decide what not cheating is because especially in this day and age, there's so many areas where you can be cheating. You could be emotionally cheating. You could be just visually cheating, you know, physically cheating. What is cheating? And it's different for every person. I've had girlfriends that the level of cheating is very different than mine, you know, and therefore there's the compatibility issue comes into play again. But I believe it's on me to get clear about how I want to operate, what my values are, how I want to operate in the world. And then if shame comes in, it means to me now that something's not aligning. That you violated your own set of criteria. Yeah, basically. And that's it. Because there's no one telling me this is the right thing to do, Leggy. Right? Which happened to... (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. And I think the influence of other people's version of shame often their own projection, by the way, yeah, is where people get into trouble. Yeah. You shouldn't feel good about doing that. Right. And I think we've entered, into, yeah, we've entered into a society that feels very much like it plays in moral high ground territory yeah. all the time. And I think that's really hard because you've got to get to know what's morally right and wrong for you. For you, yeah. And Who then, sets the standard and otherwise? Then, and then you, yeah, and then you've got to basically go, can I live by these? And when you do fuck up, yeah. what do you do? Well, then you acknowledge it. You acknowledge that you fucked up, but you also at that point have to be kind to yourself because you're already in shame, right? So for me, if I'm in shame, I can go into the, a shame spiral with it. If I set my level so high that... I mean, I have a high standard, right? I have a high standard for my own set of beliefs. You're very a person who really believes in saying the truth, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. however it looks, yeah. and however brutal and honest yeah. it has to be. Yeah. If I was to say your moral standard is just truth, yeah. it doesn't even have to be right or wrong, it's just truth. Yeah. So you have violated one of those things Mm -hmm. and then what happens for you then you go oh fuck it all of that comes down and then you go internal or yeah that's what tests my own moral structure you know because ultimately i'm imperfect and i'm gonna actually make mistakes so when i do it's actually part of the course Right. And that's par for the course. Par for the course. It's <laughs> favorite leggy uh, I just reworks. Make up. <laughs> I just make them up. Those uh, minefields. Listen, if you don't know, make it up. Yeah. That's what I do. Just do it with confidence. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say it like you actually yeah, yeah. know and like, then st- stick by it. Part for the course. Part of the course. <laughs> it's part, okay, part, part of the course. Part of the course is what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, it's part, part of, the, of course. the course. Yeah, yeah. So mistakes are important. And it doesn't mean they're easy, right? I'm going through this right now. So what's happening for you right now? Okay, so so I'm living by this code of extreme transparency and truth. Speak my truth all the time and live by the consequences. And recently I've been in a conflict, internal conflict around the truth as it comes to my feelings in a relationship. Okay? 
try to be as honest as I can yeah. right now. I've been in an on-off kind of relationship for about nine months. And my instinct has told me to keep it at a distance emotionally. This person has been amazing for me in a lot of ways, but I've always been a little bit like, I'm not sure, don't think I can, I don't think that this is a partnership, life partnership type relationship for me. And so I've been very clear about that from the start. And then recently I ended it because it felt imbalanced and because I felt that my feelings weren't in alignment with hers and therefore it didn't feel fair to stay in the relationship and so I ended it and then after a few weeks I started to feel different all of a sudden you started to feel withdrawal yeah I got a bit of withdrawal from her because there was a lot of things about it that that were were great great and fun and I started to kind of miss those things sexually it was very healing for me this has been the first consistent woman in my life since almost three years you know since I went through that breakup and ghosting and all that stuff that we mentioned in the breakups episode so it's been a tricky one for me because simultaneously having care and connection to someone and also feeling not fully invested emotionally in it to the point where I want to commit to her as a life partner right that's been the battle with this particular relationship and after shutting it down I then had this kind of withdrawal feeling and and I did miss her and I missed the bit that worked about her and I felt that maybe it was me and that I wasn't giving her a full fair chance at the relationship you know being standoffish with her not letting her in to my world as much not trusting her and I wanted to almost kind of cross that potential off the list the potential of the I it was me and that I wasn't giving her a fair shot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So I went back to her and fell on my sword a little bit with that intention of going, you know what? Let's do this. Let's try it. I want you to be my girlfriend and let's lock it down, which is what I did. And she was very happy about that. She was also a little bit reserved in coming back, a little bit emotionally at least. It actually made her become very small. Anyway, the point is, is that the same issue for me has come up pretty quickly within a month of where the kind of the disconnect is for me. And it's almost something that can't really be spoken of. It's just what's coming up in my feelings about it, right? I don't feel like I can actually do it with her. I don't feel that I can be vulnerable. I don't trust her in what she's saying to me and what she's actually feeling. They're not the same thing, right? And so now I've been carrying the feeling of it's not right. And that feeling has now dropped down into like guilt and shame mm. that I've been harboring. Yeah. Because I'm now not doing the thing I said I was going to do, right? And I'm Which also... Which is not living in, tru- in well, the truthful. Yeah, there's that. There's the, there's the, hey, I want to do this switching And the, to, there were expectations also. Yeah. Right. I'm setting all this thing up. There's an expectation. She is all very clear about what she wants in her mind and I'm not. And so again, here's the imbalance. I'm carrying this right now because I've felt bad and guilty and shameful that now here's this feeling. And that really sucks because I want to be able to speak my truth all the time. And I can but I'm also 
it's really hard, right? It's really hard to go, oh shit, now I'm feeling different. What do I do with this feeling now? How can you not hurt someone, yeah. even though it's going to be hurtful? Yeah. And so you go into shame. Yeah. So then what happens? Because, you know, then you stop talking, you stop talking to me or you stop talking to the men's team or whatever. And then the shame comes and eats away at you. And it has been for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has. And I've gone into the shadows with it. I reconnected with another woman on a friend level. But I think subconsciously underneath that, there was like a kind of fishing line out to try to To get get some some other kind of connection that, that would like validate the other feeling right so you're trying to cover shame with some kind of like attention someone that's not involved in any of this can just come in and be like oh oh, i'm so happy you're back yeah and you're awesome and i think you're amazing yeah and i can just like swim in that pool for a second yeah which actually makes things even worse in the shame department because now i've gone and like done kind of a little bit of a questionable outside of the relationship thing and like this is after like all this truth truth that i've been living all this work i've done and then that's why this is such a son of a bitch when this stuff happens i'm like i'm conscious yeah i'm doing it i'm conscious that i'm going hey how's it going you know to see what's going on over here and i'm conscious that i've now it's built into doing that it's forcing me, it's almost like I'm deliberately blowing it up. You're self-sabotaging because shame then produces this idea of wanting to somehow comfort the shame, whatever that is, whether that's porn, you know, fucking somebody else, doing something else that is, that gives you an immediate gratification. Then that shame, ultimately it builds up because after that moment is done, it just builds and builds and builds. And so, that's often the thing that the shame spiral is where that starts. And often I think men aren't good at dealing with that. Yeah. Actually, because we don't talk very much. We never get to bounce something off somebody else and stop the spiral in its tracks. Yeah. But also I look, man, I do. That's the thing. Yeah. I have a great support system. And even then I didn't go to it because this shit's so deep yeah it's so fucking deep that i couldn't even come to you yeah i couldn't even come to our other friends in our team yeah because it's so deep and i'm like doing this thing that is totally out of alignment with how i live the work i've done who i am as a man now right but here i am going through it Again, and like talking about it, I think it's important to talk about, actually. Because it's actually fucking pretty scary to do it. We've got to find some some tools for this thing, because I do think it is... I totally agree. We were talking yesterday, and you said, I didn't want to tell you, and I felt this, because I didn't want you to take away the immediate gratification yeah. of something giving you some kind of comfort. Yeah. So often, like... You know, whether that's porn, whether that's, you know, whatever it is, and it can be anything, alcohol, the 
You don't actually want someone to take it away from you. So you don't want to speak about it because you're afraid that they're going to take it away from you. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, I can like look back and trace all these little moments that are kind of building up over time to like send me into this going over the edge mark. And it's a collection of like doing things that I'm proud of, feeling good about life and working on things and being alone for like a week and working away and not really seeing the person at all and getting used to being alone and then just yeah it's like a reward or something and like also there's a resentment there about the fact that I feel this way about this relationship I resent that that's happening and resentment such a stupid well you resent also not being truthful yeah so then you end up but I also resent that the relationship isn't safe to be truthful. But that's, yeah, I mean, there's so many resentments. Yeah. I mean, those are all things. The thing that I was told about that is you do esteemable acts, you know, that's the kind of like model way of doing, getting around it. Yeah. So you do things that actually are good for you that aren't going to put you in shame. Right. But, I mean, it's fucking hard to do when you're feeling like it's Friday night and you are in an argument over something, over losing your temper or whatever it is, and and a message comes through on Instagram or whatever it is. And then suddenly you're like, how can you put that away and go, oh, actually, I'm going to go for a walk instead. Yeah, it's like literally, it's so... These are all the things that we're all having to navigate all the time now. And it's just getting worse and worse because it's easier and easier to kind of flick on an app or go on Instagram or whatever and find someone that isn't connected to any of it and just go, you're amazing. Yeah. There are so many many shame pits now. They're just shame pits everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. You just fucking... Just like... You just can't do anything other than stumble into a shame pit. Yeah. Wherever, like on the internet, it's yeah. pretty, every other website is probably a little bit of a shame pit. Shame space. Yeah, shame pit. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just, you don't realise you're in it until, you know, suddenly yeah. you've got six, you know, six windows Wait, it's open. It's so interesting to be like, reflect on this stuff now when you're going back, when, because I did that, right? And when I did it, I wasn't like, yeah, right, not bad. Right. You, know? you were like, this I is the like, way. This is, this feels right to me to be able to do this because there's something going on in me that I feel shit about. There's a conflict in me around like, fuck, I feel this way now. And I don't, I actually don't want to feel this way. I want to feel like everything's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I want to feel like we can just run off into the sunset together and I've chosen correctly and this feels great and I'm fucking committed. Right. But I don't, I don't feel like that. Right. So now what? What do I do with that, man? I don't know. But I think it's a war actually with yourself in terms of what makes you actually feel good after the event. If you plot the things that actually make you feel good, like we go to the gym or whatever and whatever that is, even though we hate it, I have this thing about shame, which is I think it's actually the shame in everything. It's just whether you front end it or back end the shame. Right. So the gym... That's a front end shame thing. You're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to go. Then you end up going and you feel really good after. But you front loaded the shame. You work through it. You're going to, or you front load doing the work, Mm -hmm. cooking. Mm -hmm. Like you front load it, you hate doing it. And then you do it and you're like, oh, that's really good. Anything that's back end shame 
is the scary thing, which is, oh, this feels really good immediately. Yeah. I'm going to message that girl. Mm-hmm. And then they come over. Then you have this great thing. And then this, the back end of the shame is equal and proportionate to how easy mm-hmm. the first part was. Yeah. And I think we just... <sighs> We just keep going in the... Tr- I think talking about it is really important because no one seems to be like, oh yeah, shame's yeah. everywhere. Like you just have to kind of... Or like it happens and then everyone's like, you're a bastard. Right. Like it's immediately like a way for everybody else to go, oh, thank God it wasn't me. Yeah. Right? And so this is feels intense to actually I'm really, like, speak I'm really, <laughs> I mean, But it's really, it's cool because we can now have a conversation that's like really about yeah. the feelings right. of shame. Thanks so much for listening to part one of this episode. And as always, the conversation is ongoing. And in this case, it literally continues next week with part two. So be sure to come back to hear further discussion on the subject of shame. Daniel gets into how shame can show up in his work as an actor. And I talk about how sitting in the shame feeling is important instead of shutting down the feeling with numbing agents like drugs, alcohol, and sex. Let us know if there's a subject that you'd like us to talk about and let us know what you think about the conversation so far. The Two Lads podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the latest episode. And give us a five-star review, tell your friends about us. All that stuff really helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Sending you all love. Until the next time. Yes, lad. Yes, lad.